it's cool. It should it should result in more licenses sold. Typically, people win U.S. Open like Roy Hawk last year with 31 pounds, and uh, Josh Bertrand won it this year with over 61 pounds. Welcome to episode 76 of the Western Outdoor News Podcast. If you've been wondering where we have been, we have been at the U.S. Open. Just so happens to be the biggest bass fishing tournament on the West Coast. I'm here with Billy Egan and Mike Stevens. Billy is their tournament director and did an excellent job uh, rallying the troops for this uh, for this event last week at Lake Mojave. And we'll have plenty to talk about. But quick overview, Billy. How did things go at the U.S. Open? It was phenomenal. It was an awesome awesome 40th anniversary event so many cool things happened there and we can't wait to tell more about it yeah yeah it was uh it was a sight to behold so uh before we get to that mike stevens you're in here to talk to us about some of the headlines this week in the october 21st issue of western outdoor news so what's the deal with the bluefin in northern california right now what's going on it seems like this is the this was at least the third week in a row that um big bluefin have been caught off northern california and i mean way north too not just like barely north yeah like fort bragg what are we talking yeah they i know they got some fort bragg fish a couple weeks ago and you know um dave hurley our editor up there he just keeps sending these bluefin stories from northern california and they're really fired up about it it's it's, i mean it's a treat for us but we're kind of used to it but for them, it's something to really get fired up about. Yeah, we saw bluefin fever all summer, and now they're getting their taste of it, too, at the end of the season here. Yeah. Uh, so we, we definitely touch on that in this week's issue, but the, the Wahoo content this week is off the, is off the hook. <laughs> I mean, uh, Larry Brown definitely served up some tips for Wahoo. Yeah, that um, Larry Brown thing, that was a monster. I mean, uh, if you ever think you may fish for wahoo it's worth reading i mean it it jumps three pages through the paper um, we got it all in there um also the five on five i believe yeah the a, five on five yeah. is a wahoo feature and this is about the time of year we um we we put our wahoo stuff out there um it's when the long range boats are becoming a bigger slice of the pie as far as our landings and you know they're the ones that get them we didn't get any local ones this year like we have like we did a couple years ago I thought we might, um, when all the Dorado were up here, I just figured that was the next uh, thing. But other than some trolling jigs getting bit off that, you know, we'll never know what was on the other end. Mm-hmm. Um, it didn't really happen up here. But, yeah, this is typically when we put any Wahoo content in the paper and on the website. Okay. Uh, sweet. So any other saltwater uh, updates that you want to provide anybody right now? Yeah, it's it's still it, it kind of stabilized out there. Um, the private boater report um, suggests that a lot of the bigger bluefin are back um, behind San Clemente Island. Um, and those anyone heading out there is also getting into um, yellowfin here and there and even marlin, you know, between here and Catalina and some of the boats out of San Diego are are connecting with Marlin, if not just seeing them around. Nice. So it's 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 kind of the it's kind of how the end of our offshore season, the last stage of it, 
typically has a little sampling of everything mm-hmm. um, before it starts to taper off. Yeah. And not to mention, uh, we had a giant lobster photo on oh, social yeah. the other day. Lobster season is in full swing, and we've been seeing a ton of reports some excellent uh some excellent hoopings to be had out there <laughs> yeah that was the one that got in the paper i forgot about that because it came it came to us pretty early but yeah it was it was a monster like lobster mm. of a lifetime <laughs> yeah <laughs> for sure. definitely check out that picture uh so another big kind of earth shattering story from the department of fish and wildlife the 365 day license right. is finally here so that kind of affects everybody, but also affects nobody at the same time. <laughs> yeah, like if most, you know, most Western Outdoor News readers, you know, they're getting their license as soon as possible anyway, which is usually December of mm-hmm. the year before. And, you know, it won't, obviously, it's not going to affect them if you still buy a license that early. Um, but if you wait until the first time you go fishing, say people who don't fish in the winter maybe, if you wait till spring and get your license in early March, it's going to be good until next March. Yeah. So, I mean, it's cool because we've waited forever for it. It seemed like every year um, it was rumored to be close and we would see how far it would get, you know. Yeah, this and, has been, it feels like in the works for a really right. long time. Yeah, and, and it finally happened. And even though it happened, they there wasn't there wasn't a hard like start date for it. It was just going to happen sometime. And with it being the Department of Fish and Wildlife, you know, we figured it would be the end of whatever the window was. Mm-hmm. But uh, sure enough, here it is. So if you get your license, I think you can get it in November if you get it that early. Um, like I said, it won't really affect you. But for everybody else, you know, it's, it's cool. It should It should result in more licenses sold. Mm-hmm. Because if somebody doesn't fish until like November or something, like say they wait till trout season, yeah, I mean they're in a position where they they would have been in a position where they would have had to buy a license for two months, right? So obviously some of those people are just going to roll the dice, and this way they don't have to, yeah, or buy you know single day, right. you know single day right. licenses. But once you buy a couple of those, you know it starts adding up. Yeah, it's to the price of a license anyway. Yeah, so I know there was a lot of hard work by the CCA put into this uh, into this initiative, and yeah. uh, it's it's finally here. So 365 day fishing license is uh, is out there for everybody starting in November, and, uh, and take a look at that at your local tackle shops. So we talked salt water, we talked the licenses. Let's talk about Eastern Sierra. You were just up there a short time ago. How are we looking right now as we transition into fall? It, it doesn't feel like fall yet. Um, I was up there, I guess now it would be two weeks ago. Um, I fished Crowley. I was in a t-shirt by 10 in the morning, which usually I'm in a, at least a hoodie all day long. Um, there wasn't a cloud in the sky, the water temp was between 60 first thing in the morning and 63 at the end of the day and it just it just still felt like summer up there and it was tough uh all the fish we caught were quality but the numbers weren't really there on crowley um we fished lake george and did pretty well there in mammoth Um, we tried some creeks and it was slow the day i left my brother and his friends um hit the backcountry and killed it so they were getting 20, 30 fish each when they hiked in to some brookie lakes out of Mammoth. Mm-hmm. But um, I I know a guy who was up last week, and he said it was more of the same thing. So it seems like fall is kind of put on 
delay this year. Um, normally by now it would be full speed fall fishing, but I think it's going to be more, you know, maybe the end of this month and through the November 15th general closure date for it to really feel like fall fishing has arrived. Okay. Excellent. Uh, any, any other trips planned? Not up there. Uh, well, no, not this year. Um, I might go to Bishop in January and uh, fish the Owens and some of the year-round waters that's open now. Um, but, uh, yeah, that'll be it until the next opener in March. Okay. Excellent. April. Yeah. And we, we get <laughs> in April. Uh, and we have a, a handful of Eastern Sierra reports, of course, every single week. Uh, but definitely check out this week as we as we highlight some of the, yeah, the that, transition. Uh, that bites. doesn't slow down. I mean, Ernie Ernie makes his calls and writes his, his stuff on this year of 52 weeks a year. So uh, that'll always be in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing before we get to Billy and the U.S. Open, I just wanted to mention for those of you that fish Lake Paris, they are starting east end closures to the east end of Lake Paris. Uh, select days starting October 26th all the way through January 2023. So just be care- be careful if you're out on the water uh, at Paris. Make sh- Be mindful of those dates. Uh, those dates are available in this week's issue of Western Outdoor News or on the Lake Paris website. But uh, just be sure to, uh, to check out why those are closed and the reason why Mike Stevens and Billy uh, is for the waterfowl season yeah. out there. So don't get shot. <laughs> don't, don't fish the east end of Paris uh, as the water se- waterfowl season uh, starts to open up. That, again, starts October 26th on select days through January 2023. That's the east end of Lake Paris. Right. So that's the disclaimer for Paris coming up here to round out the end of the year. And let's get into the U.S. Open. Billy, let's start with, first of all, the location. I know we've talked about it before, but moving from Lake Mead to Lake Mojave, we had the Laughlin Open. Now we had the U.S. Open. After seeing the U.S. Open at Mojave, what are your thoughts of the lake change? Well, obviously, we we got a good uh, review of uh, Laughlin and what uh, Laughlin and Lake Mojave have to offer in our March uh, Open that we did uh, this year. It was a good event with uh, almost 80 boats and uh, decent fishing with Justin Kerr winning that event. Uh, But the facility there at Catherine's in Laughlin and the casinos, the proximity to the lake to all of the uh, amenities was a huge change. I mean, everybody was elated about how easy it was to get back from Laughlin to Mojave or from Catherine's to town to get the, you know, groceries and gas and things that you needed. It was um, a lot of comments about how much money was saved in gas because, you know, unfortunately and fortunately for whatever reasons it is, you know, Mead's out in the middle of the desert. It's 45 minutes from any facilities out there. And uh, that driving takes a toll on a lot of guys. And it's, you know, with gas prices the way they are, it was definitely noticed here at this year's U.S. Open at uh, Mojave uh, that guys were really thankful that they didn't have to spend that additional money on gas. But the fishing at Mojave is, you know, obviously if anybody was watching the, the U.S. Open, the weights were double what we've historically had at Mead, you know, uh, Typically, people win U.S. Open like Roy Hawk last year with 31 pounds, and uh, Josh Bertrand won it this year with over 61 pounds. Uh, And the fishing, it was probably, I might be off a little bit, but at least 
85 to 90 percent smallmouth that were weighed in during the tournament and these are good sized smallmouth and uh they weren't easy to find um because again just like the sierras it's not fall right now out there and you know the desert doesn't really have the fall type thing but the temperature didn't drop the water temperature didn't drop we had 81 degree water we had 100 degree days and thank the lord above we had three days of perfect weather mm-hmm. and uh we were able to run a, a great 40th anniversary uh u.s open at lake mojave uh with lots of success with guys finding fish with obviously bertrand winning it but uh spencer sheffield all the way out from arkansas uh finding smallmouth and you know they were catching them anywhere from 35 to 20 maybe even a little deeper sometimes but uh you know it really showed that if you're not on this new uh forward facing sonar and live live stuff you you've uh, got some making up to do and some of these western guys that are just getting used to it and not using it as much as some of the flw or mlf uh bassmaster guys that came out and are more familiar with it uh have a little learning curve to catch up on but it's not going to take long for these guys to do it but overall um the casino partners that we had our seven partners out there with the laughlin tourism and the ltc uh and Catherine's landing it was it was flawless it was a flawless event uh, we haven't had so many congratulations on running a great smooth event i mean we always pride ourselves on running great smooth events but this locale really lended to an amazing event this year yeah no i've i've only heard good things about the uh the location switch for right now obviously i mean the the home and what people know about the u.s open is lake mead but i think uh, mojave is definitely giving it a run for its money in terms of its uh its reputation out there let's go back to the beginning of the event something special about this year and the 40th anniversary was the hall of fame induction ceremony uh just right off the bat what did that mean to you the 40th year and inducting these uh these members into the hall of fame i just got the chills uh actually because it's something that uh we had talked about in the office something doing something of that sorts you know and with the opportunity to partner with laughlin and the ltc and uh kind of do all the things we've always wanted to do at a us open this year at this event uh and to you know it was, it was really hard to try and pick those guys that we're, we were going to honor. Um, obviously, some of them were a little easier than others, but um, you know, Aaron Martins uh, was definitely going to be somebody that we were going to include, but we couldn't include this year because he was being inducted in the Bass Fishing Hall of Fame and uh, uh, back east uh, right at the same time as the event was going on. But Mike Folkstad, three-time U.S. Open champion, he was uh, honored this year, uh, and he actually came out and fished the event, which was unbelievable to have him <laughs> not only there at 81 uh, years old competing uh, and I don't even know it's probably his 36th or 35th somewhere around their US Open total Um, you had Rick Klun who's always come out to fish the US Open he calls it his favorite event of the year and he looks forward to fishing it every year he was also inducted uh, he's a two-time US Open champion Bassmaster Classic and you know all the achievements that he has throughout his career it was uh, a no-brainer to you know recognize him as well Uh, we recognized uh, Don Ivino with a Hall of Fame induction as well you know he um was mr finesse with his doodling and and uh, the techniques that he brought out west or or showcased out here in the west and now everybody's using across the nation and in the different events and platforms 
And then we, we wanted to make sure we included a couple of industry people as well. Bill Rice, which was the original Wombass uh, editor, longtime Western Outdoor News editor. Um, he was able to come out with his family from Texas, and uh, it was a joy to have him come out and see everybody and get to see all the friends that he used to be involved with because we still have a lot of uh, guys that still fish uh, that used to fish back when Bill was around and Mike Folkstad was around. It's the beauty of the open. Anybody can fish it as long as you're healthy enough and you have the equipment to do it. And then Mark Nicoletti was our fifth uh, and final person that we honored this year in the Hall of Fame. And he spent uh, many, many years uh, following our uh, events, team events, pro-am events, all the events that he could with the Mercury trailer, making sure all the, the boaters with running Mercury could get back on the water. And just about anybody that had any issues, Mark would always be there to, to lend a hand and fix a trolling motor or whatever it might be to keep a guy in contention uh, at our events. And then... Uh, we also brought back, uh, and a lot of the old, the old timers will remember Don and Bev Payne. They uh, used to be the staff for um, Wombass back in the day. But it was great for them to be there, to be a part of it, to see a lot of the people that had attended and fished. And, it, you know, the expo uh, was something we worked really hard on this year. Uh, we really wanted to showcase our sponsors, the venue, and the anglers. And it was encapsulated in our Sunday uh, sponsor expo really well. Uh, oh, yeah. I, I mean, think everybody had a great time. And just seeing some of the stuff people were walking away with. I mean, hats, T-shirts, lures. I mean, <laughs> sure life. It was... They Fishing were walking line, out with cigar, a, yeah, yeah, everything. They had a, a full Halloween bag of uh, of goodies, and it was trick or treat, and it was all treats. <laughs> it was all treats. Yeah, we had we we had food uh, for the event. Everybody had a great time, um, and then we rolled right into our, uh, the Hall of Fame, which we just spoke about, and then the meeting and. And it was Monday morning at the lake, early, bright and early, 4.15, you know, beautiful. Hot and early. Hot and early, yeah. Wearing <laughs> yeah. shorts and T-shirt in October mm-hmm. out there. And uh, uh, we didn't know what to expect the first day, but when those guys came in with, uh, you know, Josh came in with a 23-pound bag the first day and a couple other bags in 18, 19, 20-pound range, it was, uh, it was showing what lake mojave was capable of and a lot of people had told me before the tournament oh we won't see more than 50 pounds it won't uh, it'll be less than 50 pounds or somewhere around the lower 50s to win it. i'm like no nah, i think it's going to be a little bit bigger and yeah. sure enough 61 plus pounds to to win it for three days is double what it would you know take it at mead and mead is the home of the us open it's been there for 39 years but even with the current projections uh it doesn't look like we're going to get enough water to be back there next year but we're hopeful, but at this time, I, I really think uh, next year we'll be back at Mojave for a, a second U.S. Open there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, going back to the tournament, what do you think mentally? Fishing is is a mental game as much as it is a physical game, but what do you think with Josh leading on day one and then leading on day two, how did that affect the the mentality of the anglers going into day three? Was did it increase the the stakes? Were people trying to dethrone Josh after two strong days, or were they rolling over and letting him have it? What did you see out there on the water? Well, unfortunately, I was able to get out there on uh, the water with uh, Central Marine. There's a big supporter of Juan Bass. They're out in uh, uh, Arizona and Utah with Bass Cat Dealer uh, out there, and they had uh, delivered a Bass Cat Puma STS for us to use during the event. And I took advantage of that <laughs> and made sure to take a lap around the lake and had a couple things I had to deal with uh, in the boat, but I was able to run across Josh and some of the other anglers. And, you know, I think 
Uh, I don't think anybody was deflated by what Josh and some of the other guys were able to catch out there because it it showed them that they had the potential of doing the same thing, you know. And but mm. everybody's got different techniques. A lot of guys were fishing shallow, you know, because they believed the fish had moved up. Uh, Josh was fishing a little deeper, submerged reefs. Um, some of the top guys were fishing, you know, twenty to thirty feet, maybe a little deeper here and there. But uh, guys were having success shallow. Uh, there was guys that were targeting largemouth because they thought that that bite might hold up or, you know, they might have a chance to get enough largemouth. But it seemed like the largemouth bites disappeared uh, mid-day two. Uh, mm-hmm. They were really having a hard time finding them on day three. So people kind of adjusted. And uh, we saw a few guys, you know, jump some positions on day three as well as day two. You know, when they made some adjustments out there, um, Lake Mojave is a 57-mile-long lake, but it's not exactly the biggest lake when you get 180, 190 boats out there. A lot of people jockeying for the same water and uh, fishing around each other. I actually saw Josh Bertrand fishing right next to Zach Verbrugge, who uh, finished in the top 10, I think uh, fourth place or something like that. And they were fishing very similar stuff. Zaldane was fishing deeper as well. And and uh, even some of the Western local guys uh, were fishing deeper. But uh, it it spread out real well. I think the event uh, uh, made a lot of people happy. Um, we're getting inundated by phone calls saying, hey, when can I sign up for next year's event already? And we're going to slow down a little bit, get get all of our ducks in a row for next year's season before we open up the deposits uh, for next year. But we're looking forward to an amazing 2023 season with Bass Cat and Mercury again. Absolutely. So uh, let's close off. We have a, an interview with Josh Bertrand. He walked away with $75,000 cash and that brand new Bass Cat with a 250 horsepower Mercury outboard and tons of other goodies, a next-gen lithium battery, power pole as well on that uh, on that prize boat so let's hear from josh this was seconds after it was announced that he won the 2022 u.s open hey everybody this is dan o'sullivan here with the 2022 one bass u.s open champion josh bertrand josh uh i don't know that we've seen this impressive a performance in a u.s open in that long i know you slipped a little bit today on your weights and i know you were nervous but I also know how much this tournament has meant to you over the years. And here you are standing here getting ready to accept a trophy, the keys to the Bass Cat, another $75,000 cash. That don't hurt. It's unbelievable. But, but the money spends, the trophy and the titles stay. And I know that's what matters to you most. Um, what does it mean to be the U.S. Open champion at this point in your career? It means literally absolutely everything. I, I mean, I thought about it when I was on the water today, and I didn't realize how much this tournament actually meant to me. Like, I knew it meant a lot to me, but it was, when I was out there, I was so stressed and so nervous because it's like the most important tournament for me. You know, being a Western angler, this is a tournament that you've got to win. And, uh, God, I was so, so thankful, so lucky, and uh, that's, that's all I got. I mean, I literally am speechless. Are you exhausted? Oh, yeah. I mean, I was so, the stress adds to everything. And then the heat, I mean, it was supposed to be a fall tournament. Yeah. It turned out to be a summer tournament. So I'm sure I lost, uh, lost a couple pounds out there from stress <laughs> and sweat. But I am exhausted. So let's run down your pattern a little bit. We kind of kept it quiet, understandably, during the week. What did you do to win this derby? 
I drop shotted a Berkeley Maxent flatworm. What it's, color? Uh, a green pumpkin. Okay. Um, I did. A, I mixed in a little bit of black after the fish had seen a lot of green pumpkin. I caught a couple of late fish on that, but that was it. Used my new drop shot rod from Abu Garcia that uh, I was lucky enough to help design, and just drop shotted from this beginning to the end. What uh, what size weight? Leader length? How um, deep were yeah, you catching? Yeah, I used them? a three eighths ounce weight, um, about a two foot leader. Um, number one fusion 19 drop shot hook uh six pound test trialing fluorocarbon and anywhere from 20 to 40 feet just depending on you know was it we a at. live scope deal is that what you were doing live scope was really critical yeah I, was, I saw a lot of the fish before i caught them you've become one of those guys that has made live scope what it is or you 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 know you gravitated to it early in its in its infancy of being an, a tool and you've been one of those guys that's made it uh-huh. um what makes that so effective in helping you locate those fish? You know, it uh, it's one of those things that it makes you so efficient on the water. You know, you you can waste so much time if you don't know if fish are there or not, right? Mm-hmm. And in this case, you know if you're around fish or not. You can slow down. You can focus on them. And you know, if you don't if you don't have live scope, you pull up. You got to fish an area thoroughly before you know there's fish there. So it makes you so much more efficient. You cover so much more water. What area of the lake did you target? I fished the southern half for the most part. Yep, okay. kind of ran around a lot, but the southern half. We heard some things about deep grass. Was that a factor, or was it more bait-related? Um, it was more bait-related for me. I didn't catch much out of grass. So here you are. I mean, you've won major titles uh, as a guy that started out here in the West. Where does this rank for you? It's, it's honestly the top for me. Is it really? It is, yeah. It's, it's unbelievable. Yep. Is this the most money you've won in any individual? Yeah, it is now? also. Yeah, the value of this is unbelievable. Yep. Where's that trophy going to go? Um, it's you know, somewhere in my house, and I'm sure my kids will be, use it as a toy. <laughs> What's next for you? Um, you know, just uh, ready for a good off-season with my family. You know, my wife, my kids, I, uh, I've been really busy lately and uh, miss them a lot. So I'm looking forward to some downtime this fall for sure. Do you have anything else left to fish the rest of the, the year? Um. I don't think so. No, I think this is it. This is it. Um, Yeah, just going to fish for fun at home, and I'm done with uh, tournaments for the year. Well, folks, I got to tell you, this is one of the most professional, courteous, decent guys out there. To see someone like this raise this trophy is a big, big deal to all of us that cover the sport. We're proud of you. I'm proud of you. Uh, Grateful that you were here, and, and it's great to see you hold this trophy. It means the world, and I appreciate it. Thank you.